Hello guys and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com with me your host Martin and today I'm actually going to start doing a series um, and basically picking up on Ryan's one line lessons. Um, if you've been to our YouTube channel which is just called Betfair Trading Community uh, you will see all the one line lessons that Ryan has uploaded. Well worth watching, well worth getting his thoughts um, but I kind of thought I'd give my own spin on them. Uh, so not using anything that he said before, um, if there's any overlaps, they'll be organic. Um, but I really think that we can learn a lot from these lessons. And it's really interesting, again, to get two people's perspective, because my perspective might be slightly different to Ryan's and vice versa. So today's lesson is going to be, why do you ignore your stop loss? Okay, now before I get into that, um, just trying to give you a quick kind of update of where I am and how things are going. Um, currently, well, I put my house on the market last week, so I'm trying to take advantage of this stamp duty cut. Um, so I thought, right, it's, not, it's now or never, let's try and move, let's see what happens. Um, so put my house on the market. The reason I brought this up is I had to actually ring up the estate agent who's marketing my house today and say, why has there been no action? It's only just been put on the market. There was a bit of action the first couple of days, but after that, no action at all. Now, I know that my house actually, I, I put it on at five grand under what I was told to. Um, it's in a really nice area uh, of where I live. So I know that people do want to live in this area. And, um, you know, it's not, a, it's not a really expensive house or anything, well below the national average price. So you think that there would be plenty of people uh, able to afford it. And so, um, you know, when I'm being told as well, and what frustrated me with not getting these viewings was that I'm being told all the time, we're having a boom. Oh, our company's having a boom. We've sold the most houses we've ever sold last month. You know, we did a hundred million pounds worth of sales last year. I'm thinking, wow, that all sounds great. Um, you know, and I'm seeing signs up around town, sold in two days, sold in three days. Um, so I was getting kind of miffed and frustrated about why I wasn't getting these viewings. Now, I'm someone who doesn't naturally like confrontation. Um, I always try and resolve things diplomatically where possible. I never try and escalate things. I don't really have any interest in having any physical fights with anyone or anything like that. So I kind of try and avoid confrontation um, because when I do get annoyed and when I do kind of give someone what for, I always feel a little bit bad afterwards um, or I get a bit almost anxious about what's their reaction going to be or you know especially in things like say you email it to someone um, and you give your opinion that they might not like to hear I kind of find myself a little bit on edge until I get the reply um, regardless of what it is because it's I, I guess it's just a feeling of you know not deep down not really liking to upset people so it's quite interesting that I come from that position I'm finding that things aren't moving very quickly. So eventually I do ring up the estate agent and I get this really kind of malaise person who just sounds kind of depressed on the phone, you know, going, oh, this is pretty normal. Um, you know, it's not been on that long, that, you know. Um, so yeah, that's that, it's to be expected. That was what I was told, right? Now... I wasn't really happy with that. I wasn't happy with the fact that I wasn't 
kind of given any real reassurance. It was kind of just a bit like, yeah, it's fine, just get on with it attitude, which I thought was actually pretty bad uh, customer service. So anyway, I slept on it and uh, I was still annoyed the next day. So I actually, the, the second time I wrote an email um, because obviously phoning didn't work. So I wrote an email. Anyway, I just said, look, you know, I'm not really happy. What's going on? Um, you know, what's my contract? Because if I do want to look to get out of it, what's my contract? And then suddenly, within an hour, I get a call from them. Now, bear in mind, my, this agent hadn't called me in like a week. My house has only been on sale for a week. Um, but like I say, because every house I'm visiting is getting tons of viewings, other estate agents seem to be getting them through the door left, right and centre. I'm getting frustrated. Anyway, about an hour later, I get a, I get a call um, from a different woman this time, much more friendly, positive woman, um, who actually said, look, we're going to do this for you. We're going to get it as a kind of a... Uh, premium listing uh, on right move and stuff and that's out of our cost so that won't cost you anything um, and then we'll look at if it doesn't get any more interest in the next week um, we might drop the price a bit more and just see if we can get a little bit more over the asking but lower it so it doesn't make much difference on what you're currently asking which all sounded great you know and I felt so much better after that conversation it felt like someone was doing something action was being taken um, and it felt really good, right? So that kind of resolved my issue. And then this afternoon, we did get someone who's viewing tomorrow. So what really interests me is that normally, I would have probably avoided that situation. I would have just gone, I'll just leave it. You know, they're the professionals, don't get involved. But when something doesn't sit well with you, and when these kind of things are happening, sadly, the, the situation is sometimes you have to say something. Sometimes you have to speak up about it. Um, and that, the reason I bring that up really is this kind of idea of, you know, just not being pushed around by things. Um, and sometimes you have to even stand up to yourself. And this, this might sound a little bit crazy, but stand up to yourself and do the things that you know you should be doing that you're not doing. Now, I bring this all back around because what are we talking about today? We're talking about why are you ignoring your stop loss? Now, this is such a common issue with traders. Um, and Ryan's just done really well to bring this up because I've not really heard this ever spoken about before. One of the things I love about listening to Ryan and watching Ryan's stuff is that he just generally does come out with stuff that hasn't really been talked about before that much you know a lot of what he talks about is new um you know and i i obviously see him as an industry leader that's why i've agreed to work with him on btc um and obviously give up my time away from my job which is trading full-time um but yeah the idea that you would ignore your stop loss may sound crazy like if if you don't have an issue with this if you have a stop loss bang in bang out fine then that's great. Um, you've got robotic trading, right? You've kind of got that robotic trading thing down, which is so important that you have to, in this game, you have to take emotion out. Trading is just an in and out situation. You get in at a certain point, you get out at a certain point. You try not to think too much in between those decisions. Have some scenarios in your head of what might happen. Decide beforehand 
what you're going to do if said scenario happens. That way you know what you're going to do. You don't then let the emotion of the situation control your trading. Um, and I think people often will ignore their stop loss because they're just hoping for a turnaround, right? So you might, let's say you're trading horses and you're pre-race trading and you're just, you've got a five tick stop loss when you enter. Now, a lot of the time it's very easy when you've got trading software just to put your stop loss in, bang, it accepts it, brilliant. But let's say you're doing it manually, right? And you know that you, you try and do it after five ticks, but you don't want to use a, a robotic stop loss because you, you want to kind of have some, to be able to have some control over when you get out. Now, the issue here is people often, and this is what I find, people often let things run for too long and, and let this loss keep coming down and down and down hoping for a rebound but when it's on the other foot and they're in the green they don't do the same thing so when they're in the green instead of just waiting until the green gets really really high they'll take an early green they'll take a small green now the problem with this is what you're doing is you're taking a small green right you're doing the sensible thing and there's nothing wrong with that by the way you're kind of, it's almost like you've got a win, a stop win, right? Instead of a stop loss, you've got a stop win. You're going to get out at a certain win point. However, if you don't do the same thing on the losses, what happens is you're going to get really big losses on each trade. And you, so you're going to get a really big loss if you lose a trade, and you're only going to get a small win if you win a trade. Well, as we know, mathematically, you're going to need a really high strike rate to make any profit long term. And unless your system is showing an exceptionally high strike rate, there's no value in doing this. Um, however, people will ignore that stop loss because they hope, they really hope, the market's going to bounce back. Now, the reason I've kind of emphasized the word hope there is that I'm trying to tell people hope is the emotional side of it, right? Hope, you're hoping, you really want something to happen. Now, the problem with hope is it's not really anything to do with trading. It's not actually a real thing, right? It's not, What's trading? Trading statistics, mathematics, theories problems, solutions, etc, etc. It's essentially a science, right? Trading's not an actual art, okay? Trading is a science. If you do these certain things, this is the outcome. Hope, well, if you're trading on hope, I'm really worried for you, okay? If you're sitting there on your trade, you're watching a really bad trade go wrong and going, oh, I'm just going to hope. This is what I'm going to do. This is my trading strategy and style. I'm just going to hope that things go well. Well, do you really want to be caught in a situation where you're relying on hope? Or do you want to be caught in a situation where you're relying on cold, hard facts? I know which one I'd choose nine times out of ten. That's the reason if you have a stop loss, stick to it. Right Now, if you don't have a stop loss... That's fine. That's your decision, right? But if you do have a stop loss, and remember, 
if you have a stop loss, don't forget, there's probably a really good reason why you put that in place. Maybe a discipline, maybe the fact that you know you don't want to take a large red, maybe the fact that you just want to control your bet staking and bankroll and you can't afford to let things run too long if they go the wrong way. Now, all of those are very valid reasons for having a stop loss. But don't ignore it just because you've got hope. Because you you think, oh, it could still happen, I've got hope. Now, of course, you're going to get situations where you let it run too long with your stop loss and you're in a big red and maybe they do turn it around and suddenly you do get that green you're hoping for. Um, but again, think about why you put that stop loss in place. And if you're going to ignore it on certain occasions, but keep to it on other occasions, you're going to get inconsistent results. You're not actually going to know if your strategy is any good because you're going to get totally inaccurate results because you're not doing the same thing every time. Therefore, your testing, your data is invalid, it's corrupted um, and pointless, largely pointless. So I think this is a big thing with discipline. And I really, you'll probably find that I'll talk about this more and more, you know, as these lessons go on. But I really do want to get across that robotic mentality. It does take time, but, you know, I see people, I see people in our community and they get really upset about one result. And I'm thinking, yeah, but there's thousands of trades each year, right? I, I, I place thousands of trades each year. If I got upset about every time I lost, I wouldn't last two minutes in this game because you're going to lose. No matter how good a trade you are, you're going to lose occasionally. So one result in the grand scheme of things is actually not very important. 200, 300 results, yeah, they start getting a lot more important, right? One result at that point, pretty meaningless, right? One result is not going to make or break whether your strategy or your system is profitable or your style of trading. One result is not going to make the difference. So don't fear having your stop loss, just accepting it, moving on. One thing you always have to remember is tomorrow is another day. Even if you have a bad day trading, tomorrow is another day. I cannot stress that enough because the amount of times when I first started trading and I was the same as a lot of people where I got emotional. The amount of times where I thought it was the end of the world that day, had a bad day, I had to sort of pace around at night, maybe go for a walk, play some computer game or something and just totally forget about the real world because I believed that it was so frustrating and I was so annoyed. I couldn't even imagine ever being happy again with trading. Then the next day, I have a fantastic day because I slept on it, I've woken up fresh etc etc so i'll leave you with this my dad pointed this out now if you know richard from our community you'll know he's just an outstanding cricket trader i really do encourage you to go and chat to him and, and follow his advice on the cricket it's made so much money for our members over the years um and actually quite an underutilized resource because um you know really everyone interested in cricket who even has an inkling of interest in cricket trading should be on there um, there's not a better place to be but anyway he said this to me there was a stock trader really successful stock trader 
and, hit, and this is what this stock trader said. If I made 40 grand in a day, or if I lost 40 grand in a day trading, you would not be able to tell the difference in me. Wow, think about that. So if he lost, had a really bad losing day, or if he had a really good winning day, it didn't affect him. It didn't affect his emotion. It didn't affect his state. Now that is what we're trying to achieve. And some people might sit there and think, that doesn't sound like much fun, right? We have fun with sports trading because we get to watch sport all day. We get to follow our passion. But the actual trading process doesn't need to be fun. Because what's actually fun is looking at your profit at the end of the month. What's actually fun is looking at your system that's working and following it over time and doing things the correct way. But one day of trading should not make or break your happiness. And that's what this man did. He was robotic. It didn't. Now, how many of you can honestly say when you have a bad day trading, your other half or whatever can't tell or hasn't, you know, or you're not snapping at them or anything like that? Because I know I used to. I know I used to, definitely. Right? So, but also when you have a good day, don't get overexcited with it because that can lead to complacency. Right? Look at how many times teams become complacent. Liverpool this year, once they won the title, took them a while to get back into playing well because they were complacent. They'd won it, you know. It wasn't like they weren't really, they didn't care because uh, I don't think it's caring that, that that happens with. That complacency can happen to anyone at any time. Um, but keep racking up those small wins. Keep racking up those good days. You know, as long as you're having more good days than bad days, you'll generally find you'll make money in this game. Unless obviously a bad day is just ridiculously bad and your good day is only slightly good. But if you're balancing it out and you can have in your bad day is about as costly as your good day is profitable, then if you have more good days you'll make money out of this. And that's that's just, again, cold hard facts. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. I'll be back with another one of these lessons soon. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed just a different perspective on things. And, yeah, I uh, hope everything's well with everyone, by the way. I know there's a lot going on at the moment. I'm recording this during COVID. Uh, you know, I'm kind of in the camp of I just want life to crack on and get back to normal now. But I think it's probably a lot easier for me to say as a 30-something than, you know, someone who's older. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening, guys.